0: Good afternoon, buenos dias, buenos tardes, what it is, what they do. And assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. If you're here, that means you made it this far, which means I did my job. And I apologize for going missing for a little bit. Took a week off to enjoy the holiday weekend. One thing about me, I may not celebrate 4th of July, but I'm going to take those free days off. (laughs) Welcome back to the misadventures of a plant-based hijabi hood rat. I'm your host, Petty Shabazz. Yes, Petty like your middle cousin on your daddy's side of the family. I want to first start out as always by thanking you the listeners for allowing me to run my mouth and talk your ears off and for allowing my manifestation to become a reality. Allah such a provider. You ain't have to come back, but you did. So now you're a part of the family. So which cousin or auntie are you? You still thinking about it? Just so you know, The Petty Cousin is taken already by yours truly, of course. As you may have guessed by the title of this podcast, I'm not only a hijabi, I am a plant based hijabi. When I first envisioned creating a podcast, originally my idea was to focus on plant based content, mostly because when I began my plant based journey, I didn't find a lot of podcasts that I felt were relatable. I want to be honest. I relate to people that look like me, that are in my age bracket, that have the same interests as me, people that share my faith. When I went looking for a podcast to help me transition to a plant based lifestyle, I found hardly anybody who checked those boxes. None of the creators were relatable. So I dreamed of creating a podcast for people who felt the same way. A podcast that would detail all of my adventures, but Allah had other plans. Great plans for me. And as you heard in the introduction to this podcast, it ended up taking on another element, the hijabi element. And once that journey began, I was finally able to get this podcast off the ground. So we spoke about how to get to the hijabi part of the title. Let's finally put the plant based in the misadventures. As far as the hood rat part, mm, we're going to prey on that one step at a time. Inshallah. Let me break this plant based thing down. For starters, I will be using the word vegan and plant based interchangeably, although they are vastly different. Apparently, veganism is a philosophy, whilst plant based refers strictly to a person's diet. Being plant based means Simply, I don't ingest animal products intentionally. I say intentionally because once in a while, when I fail to ask the right questions or when I don't read menus correctly, I can unintentionally ingest animal products. This was more commonplace when I first began my journey, as I am now a seasoned menu reader and question asker. Failure to ask questions when ordering or reading menus, it'll have you out here saying to yourself, These collard greens really taste like my grandma's collard greens. Spoiler alert. You may not see the animal product floating around in there, but it's in there. So that's why they taste like granny's greens. Also, since we're doing some housekeeping, I want to make it clear that plant based eating is not a compulsion of Islam. Compulsion meaning a requirement, i.e. I'm not plant based because I'm Muslim. I say this because there's always a story. (laughs) The other day while I was at an eyebrow appointment, I was discussing eateries with my esthetician. She mentioned some kind of chicken and waffles restaurant. And I told her, well, I don't eat meat, but I may check it out still. She replied, I should have known that you didn't eat meat because you're Muslim. Pause. Not eating meat is not a part of my religion. Muslims come in all shapes, sizes, and walks of life. Muslims can be vegan, vegetarian, flexitarian, pescatarian, even meditarians. Any of the tarians. We will definitely dive a little bit more into this later. For me, being plant-based has been a journey. It all started with a little film I'm sure many of you have heard of. And if you haven't, it's definitely worth a look. It's called What the Health. Next was a movie called Cowspiracy, then Seaspiracy, and then Game Changers. I watched a bunch, a bunch of vegan propaganda films meant to scare you straight from ingesting any sort of animal products. Imagine someone sitting beside you with a crooked wig on as you eat a hot dog or drink a milkshake and telling you, You're dusty for eating that poor animal or that cow has a mother. (laughs) This is what watching some of these films can feel like. After viewing what the health, I went down the propaganda rabbit hole for about a month, watching film after film, YouTube video after YouTube video, listening to soundbite after soundbite, exclaiming that meat was not only killing us slowly. But it was contributing to most of our major health problems, physical and mental ailments, and a major cause of the destruction of our planet and the ecosystem, amongst other things. But my true aha moment was when I was rushed to the hospital for emergency surgery to have a uterine fibroid the size of a grapefruit removed. I'm going to pause and let you get that visual of what a grapefruit looks like. I will spare you the gory details, though. Just know that there was a lot of pain pre and post surgery and a long, long road to recovery that included three weeks of bed rest. After that traumatizing experience and being told that the fibroids could reoccur, I set out to do everything within my power to prevent them from reoccurring. First step was to arm myself with knowledge so I could properly assess all my options. One of my options was to have a full hysterectomy to assure that I would never get another fibroid. Due to my young age and the fact that I hadn't yet had children, this option wasn't an option. I began researching on my own and came to realize that dairy products and meat cause inflammation, which could exacerbate the growth of fibroids, essentially feeding them, allowing them to get to the size of grapefruits. It was at this moment that I decided that come January 1st, I was not only going to give myself my best shot at my fibroids not reoccurring, but I was going to give myself the best shot I had at living a long, healthy and fruitful life. No pun intended. When I think about my family history, it's riddled with diabetes, hypertension, heart disease and asthma. It made me begin to ponder, could giving up meat and animal products really give me a fighting chance to break these generational curses? I thought to myself, it wouldn't hurt to try. And given what I had learned from watching all these vegan propaganda films, Big Pharma was in bed with the meat and the dairy industry. These people don't want to cure you of diabetes, heart disease, or asthma. They just want to manage these diseases and keep you lining up every month to refill your medication. Big Pharma doesn't make money curing you. They make money by moderating you and keeping you sick. They definitely don't make money by telling you that you could cure yourself from within, that you could eat better, or that you could dramatically reduce your risk factors by changing your diet. They make money by writing prescriptions, and sending you to your local Walgreens to pick them up. When I started speaking to some of my older family members about this, they gave me the run-a-mill explanation that every meat eater gives about how our ancestors ate beef and chicken and lamb and all kinds of meat every day and they lived to be 90 up until 100. But the meat industry isn't the same as it was when my grandma and my great-grandma were coming up. Everything these days is about mass production and bigger yields. Have you seen a chicken leg quarter at Publix lately? Like, really, think about it. It's the size of your head. These companies are raising hundreds of chickens in a cooped-up area so that they can produce more product. They're injecting them with hormones so they can produce larger and bigger chickens so they can yield more chicken parts, which makes them more money. They're shooting them with antibiotics because of the deplorable conditions that they live in. I began to be disgusted at the thought of meat. Someone suggested, well, what about grass fed, non-hormonal, free range, ethically sourced meat? But the inner conspirator in me questioned if they're really telling the truth about that. I watched a film about how they slap labels on things because the people who slap the labels on these things, they're in bed too with them. They're all in bed together. And plus, with the prices being almost triple, I came to the conclusion that it was just best to just cut meat out, period. Now, I didn't do this cold turkey. It first began with cutting out the dairy because dairy is the absolute worst. I'll let you do your own research on that. I already didn't eat pork, so the red meat was a logical next step. Once I began eating a diet of mostly chicken, turkey, seafood, fruits, and vegetables, I was about a month out from my January 1st deadline. On December 31st, I went to Crafty Crab, which was at the time one of my favorite restaurants, and I got me a seafood bag with all of the fixings to usher in this new lifestyle change. It wasn't a goodbye to seafood and meat. It was a hello to a happier, Better life, a healthier life. On January 1st, armed with the knowledge that change was good, I officially began this journey. It wasn't easy. There were days where, after eating salad after salad or rice and beans after rice and beans, it began to feel repetitive and boring. There was the realization that being vegan didn't mean that I was automatically healthier. When I first began this journey within the first few months, I lost about 20 pounds, which led me to believe I was healthy. I went through a period of time in which I was what some people refer to as a dirty vegan. By this, I mean I ate things like french fries, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, tater tots, and other junk food. Vegan does not equal health, and there are overweight vegans just like there are fit and shape and perfectly healthy non-vegans. I went through a period where I struggled with my reliance on processed vegan foods such as Impossible burgers and beyond meat. Eating processed food, vegan food, is just as bad as eating meat. There was an isolation of going out to eat with friends, being at a Super Bowl party, and realizing that there's nothing there that you can eat. All of this goes to say that you can watch, read, listen to all kinds of media, but nothing can prepare you to become vegan. I don't believe no two experiences are the same. Every vegan experience is what you make it. And every day I learn something new and I'm evolving in this journey. I'm learning what fruits and veggies I like and don't like. I'm learning new and exciting ways to prepare food and doing my best to keep my diet fresh and exciting. And I'm meeting new vegans every day and finding out this person's plant-based or this person's plant-based. People are even coming to me inquiring about how I did it. Now, I wouldn't be the plant-based Tajabi hood rat if this topic didn't have an Islamic viewpoint. Eating meat Islamically? Like I mentioned earlier, eating meat is not compulsory in Islam. Muslims do eat meat. Muslims don't eat meat. I do not regard meat as being prohibited. I just do not partake in it. So when speaking to other Muslims and even non-believers... I tend to say it's not that I won't eat meat, as Muslims are free to eat whatever they want as long as it's halal. I tell them I just don't eat meat. Allah created animals for us as food, and if slaughtered humanely, Allah has given us permission to eat them. But it is not obligatory. As long as one doesn't think of meat as being forbidden, they can be vegan, vegetarian, or plant-based. Fast forward almost three years later, and there have been struggles, but there's also been triumphs. There's been weight loss and weight gain. There's been loneliness. There's been holidays and family functions where I'm sitting there at the table by myself eating side dishes. There have been work functions where I'm eating a salad as everyone else's face, hands, and everything else is greasy with chicken wing grease. There have been new and exciting restaurants in different cities. There's been Memphis barbecue jackfruit tacos and kale collard greens, vegan mac and cheese, vegan oxtails, empanadas, seitan chicken wings, and plant-based cheesecake. The list could go on. There have been good days and bad days, but this isn't a diet for me. This is a lifestyle change, and I wake up regardless of yesterday's results, and I put in effort. Effort is the only option. You're not in charge of the results. You're in charge of the effort. Allah is in charge of the rest. This is your favorite cousin, favorite cousin, Petty Shabazz. And I thank you for tuning in to the misadventures of a plant-based hijabi hood rat. If you're rocking with me on whatever platform you get your podcasts on, like or bam that subscribe button and leave me a dope review to tap in. Remember, make your salat, drink your water, oil your scalp, be delusional in your duas, and always be kind to yourself and others. May Allah heal you, bless you, restore you, rejuvenate you, and cover you. As-salamu alaykum.